You're listening to episode 316 of the Major Issues Podcast, and on this episode, we recap and review Hulk vs. Thor and Hulk vs. Wolverine just in time for its 15-year anniversary. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now! Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you each and every week by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I am never alone, sir, if you could please introduce yourself. It is I, Alex Garcia, aka B-Roke, but here for the smash. What's going on, oh, Don? yeah. I've been chilling. I've been chilling. It's been kind of crazy on this side of uh, things, behind the curtain, if you will. We've been working diligently on our on our quarter one uh, schedule, trying to cover some really, really cool comics, movies, and TV shows. Uh, in between everything that we've already covering, we still got previews coming out and stuff. So I wanted to do a bit of a breezy episode that was still relevant. Um, oh, for sure. We- We've only got one Mar- MCU movie. Well, there's a lot of Marvel movies coming out. Speaking of which, <laughs> quick, quick, quick tangent. Did you did you see? This will be my one piece of news. Did you see that little thing about um, Dakota uh, Johnson leaving her her uh, management after Madam Web? Really, I did not hear about yeah. that. Yeah, Ooh. there's also there's also some rumors that her and uh, Sydney Sweeney might have thought that they were joining the MCU. Uh, what? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's terrible. that's just some that's just some funny stuff there. But um, the one thing that we know we are getting from the MCU this year is going to be Wolverine and Deadpool sharing the screen for the first time Ooh. in Deadpool three. Um, well, I guess not for the first time. For the first time since X Men Origins Wolverine, which came out in two thousand and nine. Uh, not a great film. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ryan Reynolds went back in time and changed that. So yes, did. it did it did I, it didn't happen. I'm very curious if they're gonna reference that post credit at all. Um, you know, it would be I would pretty love interesting. It they, I would love it if they did. I would love it if they did. Make that canon. Yeah, that would that would be really, really cool. But mm-hmm. before we even got to see that bastardized version of Deadpool and Wolverine Oof. on screen, Marvel snuck a little film, an animated film. Uh, into the lexicon of all of their media, Hulk versus, uh, which was actually released on January 27, 2009, and is the sixth in their little uh, animated film series. I, when I think of comic book animation, I, of course, you already know who I'm pulling for. I pull for the DC guys. That's what I think of, bro. I think of Batman Beyond. I think of Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. A lot of Batman stuff because they don't give no cartoons to anyone else. Superman, Justice League, <laughs> etc., and so forth. What did what did you think of these um this group of animated Marvel projects? Uh, are you aware of the? I mean, we're covering Hulk versus, so obviously you're aware of that. But like Young Avengers, The Ultimates one and two, um, Doctor Strange stuff like that. Have you seen these films? And what do you think of them? I am a Marvel zombie, sir. So of course I have seen these films. And yeah, I believe they they came out with these films at the time because they realized that DC was kicking their butt in the animation department on the heels of Batman the Animated Series, Superman, Justice League, 
um, a slew of other straight to straight to home video or home DVD release at the time movies. Mm -hmm. Marvel saw, hey, look, we we got to catch up. So they they quickly patched together Ultimate Avengers one and two, Hulk versus Doctor Strange and Iron Man, and yeah, uh, Next Avengers I believe it was called. Whole a whole slew of these movies. Oh, Planet Hulk. That was dope. That was a, that was yeah. a good one. I, I really remember well. So I felt like they did this to up their their stock to compete with that. Like, hey, you know, <clears throat> because this was this was done in the in the midst of the MCU starting. You know, this was a uh, right after or about the same time as the Incredible Hulk movie that had come out. Iron Man had already been out, so the MCU was plugging along. And something I didn't even realize until I rewatched it for this podcast was that Kevin Feige was even involved in this in these animations and I'm like man this yeah. guy was everywhere and you can <laughs> totally tell now in watch rewatching it and the way it's going you can tell that they said you know what screw the animation we now have this this was like a storyboard for their movies because you yeah. could see where they took a lot of these ideas and just and just said look this this is like introducing the kids and even maybe like us older guys at the time <clears throat> right into these ideas of hey this is what a thor movie is going to kind of look like this is what you know maybe even the x-men are getting involved in it's going to potentially look like because all of these things really built on top of each other at the same time as these movies are coming out wolverine and the x-men is out spectacular spider-man is out um uh, avengers earth mightiest heroes is coming out and all of the, a lot of the voice actors and the writers and producers are all intertwined in 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 different ways so it's really fun to go back and watch this and see like wow like even though there wasn't a plan they were building something like they they knew they had a good stew coming along which then led to i, be I believe this helped make the mcu better and make it what it was or is even still i could totally see that i could also see um what deviations they've made because i feel like a lot of this stuff is pretty comic accurate out of the the, the two films we'll be talking about today um taking almost from the comics directly when you talk about Wolverine versus Hulk. Uh, and we we know how the MCU veered and what changes they ended up making to kind of uh, update their characters. And I guess, you know, since that, the synergy's been crazy, right? Like Loki kind of looks more like Tom Hiddleston in the comics today than he did before. And same thing with like Tony Stark and stuff like that. Um, but it, it's it's weird to see them be so loyal to the comic versions, but I guess it's not because they were like, you we were just talking about, we had things like earth, the mightiest heroes, uh, where they were doing their best to tackle some of Marvel's greatest stories. Um, I found out that this video, uh, Hulk versus is part of an animated universe created by writer, Christopher Yost. They're actually saying it's part of the same universe that includes, like you were saying earlier, Wolverine and the X-Men. Hulk versus Wolverine, Hulk versus Thor, the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and Thor: Tales of Asgard. Uh, according to them, chronologically, Hulk versus Wolverine is the second piece after Thor: Tales of Asgard, while Hulk versus Thor is the last part of the universe, possibly alongside Wolverine and the X Men. Um, the episode Wolverine versus Hulk of Wolverine and the X Men is a sequel to one of the films we'll be talking about today which I thought was pretty interesting. We have a part two. Uh, Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost, co-writers and producers, stated in an interview that the episode is indeed a sequel to the video, putting the two in the same universe canon, though Yost said that the video was written with the episode already in mind. 
the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes shows how Thor and Hulk first met and is the many battles. Oh, yeah, and it's the many battles that they fought that Thor mentions. The producers have confirmed that Wolverine and the Avengers are in the same continuity. Uh, in the first look feature, the producer stated that Thor Tales of Asgard is a prequel to Hulk versus Thor, showing how Thor and Loki grew up before drifting apart. And that's one of the ones in that. Yes, and that was another one I did see. Yes, that, that, yeah, oof, it's just, it's been so long since th these are, and they're all in, most of them are in my, my DVD and Blu ray collection. So, yeah, they were, they were all good. Tales of Asgard. I, like I said, this was all right around the time of that initial phase of the MCU. So I really yeah. believe this was this was like Feige going here. Here's a taste, everybody. Here's a taste. Let's let's get it out there. Let's see how people react to certain things. That way, we know what we can put in the movie. What's going to hit? What's not going to hit? You know, to sh and also just to show um, the comic book lovers, hey, here, here's here's some of your characters that you don't normally get to see in animation, because up until that point, how much how much Thor have you seen out there prior prior to this time period where you're getting tons of Thor in in, in Earth's Mightiest Heroes? You getting you're getting a lot of origin stuff in Tales of Asgard as well as Hulk versus. But before this, I think most people knew Thor as the yeah, he's really strong. Uh, he speaks funny, and I think he was in Incredible Hulk back in the day, <laughs> the Bill the Bill Bixby show. So not a lot of people know about about this stuff. Like not a lot of people know about the Warriors Three and Sif and the Odin Sleep and the Enchantress and Hela. You know, even the way it, these characters are are really truly related, whether it's mythologically speaking or even just in the Marvel universe. Because once you yeah. get to the MCU, a lot of these characters do not have these same relationships at all. No. I also I like um with with that being said it's interesting because it's 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 hard to think of a world in which the Avengers as a title isn't a list a tier stuff but as somebody who didn't dive headfirst into comics around this time I was more vaguely aware of Wolverine the Hulk Spider-Man um, those were the ones that they were kind of pushing the occasional cap, you would say. Um, but the Avengers was never really something on my radar. I was aware of them the same way I'm aware of, aware of Teen Titans. I'm aware of the Justice League, et cetera, and so forth. If you would have told me in the year 2009, when this came out, that in about a decade's time, we would have one Justice League movie, four Avengers movies, <laughs> and the Avengers movies would blow the Justice League movie out of the water. I wouldn't believe you. Because I was not informed about how strong those ISPs could be. Um, and we were kind of seeing, like you were saying, them fleshing them out in this to see if they can create a, a story. As somebody who also wasn't um, primed with the comics initially, I'm watching The Ultimates going, hmm, this looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally was, the uh, blueprint for the Avengers, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the modern uh, retelling of the Avengers through the Ultimate Lens is to me what made them more personable because like mm -hmm. you said uh, marvel had probably about 10 years or so prior sold off the movie rights or attempted to sell as much movie rights to help get them out of bankruptcy as possible and yeah. at the time the hottest characters were of course spider-man the x-men fantastic four and then what was left on the table were basically the avengers and all their and all their affiliates and the movie movie studios, Sony, Paramount, Fox, they all they all looked at it and said, "Yeah, those those are garbage characters. That guy wears a flag, a guy with a hammer. He speaks real funny, big green dude. Yeah, we remember him in the Bill Bixby days, 
Uh, what can you possibly do with him besides break stuff? Uh, a rich guy who's, who wears an iron suit, sure. Uh, you can leave those guys. You figure something to do with that. And Marvel did. Marvel did. They realized, okay, well, this is the chips that we have left, and we're gonna we're gonna build rebuild ourselves with the scraps that were left behind. You know, scraps in a cave. Yeah, you did it with a bunch of scraps in the cave, and, <laughs> and they did it, and they did it uh, with with characters that nobody else wanted. And you got to you got to think if they could go back in time, they'd be like, man, we would have bought all of that stuff because look yeah. what they did with it. Look what they did with it. It's literally the people not picked on the dodgeball team, right? It's literally the ones mm-hmm. left behind by every major studio. Uh, and they were able to turn out a, a hell of a product. And I think the, re- the reason why this works so much is because it, it's tied so close to um, the comics. Like like I said, it's, I believe it's the Incredible Hulk 181 uh, by Roy Thomas, Len Wein, and John Romita Sr. That's the Hulk, uh, the Wolverine debut, um, which is, you know, iconic when you think of those two characters um and then all the stuff with thor thor and i have questions comic book questions and we'll get to them (laughs) i'm literally asking the subject matter expert uh but like even the title hulk versus pretty badass you know um you, you see him on the cover with two of the most durable characters in marvel history so it's kind of easy to see why these clashes between titans would be exciting to see uh, if you could have a superpower out of the three, which one would it be? Hulk, Thor, or Wolverine? Well, I got to go with my man Thor. Come yeah. On. Who doesn't, who doesn't want to be a god? You know, you got to stay worthy though, right? You do. You do. Which, which <laughs> I don't know, to, me, to me also, it, it lends him to the more heroic nature. You know, he's, he's the dude who's got a whole, a whole world on his back. He's worthy of this hammer. He, he's, He's a warrior, but at the same time, he's a, he's a poet, right? A warrior poet kind of character. I l- really like the way they 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 portray his character in Hulk versus. I really wish they yeah. would have gone more with this kind of a character in the MCU. I think they started to, and then they quickly realized, look, we got to kind of kind of make this comedic to make him more for the general audience. But to me, this is this is the true Thor. This is the comic book accurate Thor. This this guy who, yeah, he can get he can get down, he can have a good time, but he's he's a he's a fighter, he he's a lover, but he's he's also got this poetic heart to him. And he yeah. knows that he's holding up and his kingdom. He's he's holding up Asgard. You know, he's just he's waiting for his time to become become uh, king of Asgard. But in the meantime, he's just he's just protecting the fort. And I really liked how they how they do him in this. And I told you, I think I told you even before we started this podcast, I think I'm one of the few people that likes the Asgard story more than the Wolverine story. Interesting. Um I we'll get into I it. Do we'll like, get into it. I do like how epic uh Thor is portrayed in this. And I do think that um going the Shakespearean route, as you were kind of saying, you know, this this almost poetic, uh epic, um uh, I wouldn't say opera, but you get what I'm saying? Like almost this theater, theatrical, uh, bigger version of Thor is the kind of one that I kind of think of. And usually I'd say that uh, Wolverine would be the person I, you know, I would I would want the powers of because, boy, am I jealous of that guy's ability to regenerate without a scratch on him. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I sort of have my own regenerative system thanks to the folks over at Magic Mind. You see? Coming up with new content for Comic Book Click all the time isn't a walk in the park. It takes a lot of focus and energy. And sometimes I have neither. (laughs) Finding that sweet spot can be tough. Too much energy and you're bouncing off the walls instead of being in the zone. Not enough and you're a zombie and not the fun Marvel kind. 
Uh, luckily, the folks over at Magic Mind got in touch with me and damn near dared me to try their productivity shot. And you folks know I can't say no to a dare. And good thing I didn't. This stuff is pretty awesome, B-Roke. Uh, I've managed to cut down on my caffeine intake. So say goodbye to caffeine headaches, my actual and factual arch nemesis. Dun, dun, dun. Beat it. Mm. Done. You understand? This amazing little shot has seriously leveled up my mornings. And the best part? I can take it anywhere and enjoy them whenever I need a quick energy boost. They come in these very small little bottles, uh, and they, they're just the right kind of pick-me-up. I already mentioned last week how the ashwagandha, not from Wakanda, has uh, helped relegate my, mu- my mood and uh, improve my sleep patterns. So this week, I'll just point out that one of the active ingredients is lion's mane mushrooms. From my mushrooms, but the good kind. You know, mm. <laughs> apparently lion's mane is a nootropic and an adaptogen. It's, it's basically the weapon X of lowering anxiety and inflammation. Plus, it's got your back by preventing neural degeneration and kickstarting neural regeneration to boost cognition. See, regeneration, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm a damn near a mutant. I recommend Magic Mind to anyone who's looking for a healthy alternative to coffee or just needs that extra boost of energy to get things done. There are no strings attached. There's no Catch-22. There's no Striker Island, you know, that you got to sign up for with this kind of stuff. Uh, When it comes to this product, the positives are tremendous, and they actually increase over time with continued use. So you want to get your hands on some of this stuff. And the best part is Magic Mind the team over there is hooking up all of the listeners of the Major Issues podcast with a ridiculous deal. You get one month for free when you're subscribing for three months at www.magicmind.com slash J-A-N, Major Issues. That J-A-N is for January, if it's easier to remember that way. Uh, but yeah, www.magicmind.com slash J-A-N, Major Issues. And with my code, Major Issues 20, it's an extra 20% off of the purchase, which gets you... Come on, that's a lot of percentages off. Uh, this only lasts until the end of January, so you got to hurry up uh, before this goes away. The guys at Magic Mind are working. They got the secret ingredient to productivity, or productivity, I think is what I should be saying. <laughs> but yeah, they figured it out over there, and they're helping the little guy figure it out too. So I want to go ahead and thank them uh, for these productivity boosts. But yeah. I'm trying to thank you guys. I'm trying to connect you guys with what you guys need. Go ahead, magicmind.com slash J-A-N major issues. Use my code major issues 20 for an additional 20% off. But yeah, man, get that one month free when you're subscribing for three months. Just hit that link and all those links will be in the description of this episode. And that's important because with Magic Mind, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Dun, dun, dun. So what you're telling me is... These these pills from Magic Mind will make shot in shot. It's a shot. Yeah, it's not even pills. It's shots. Oh, even better. And 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 no needles. Little, no, not a needle, no needle shot either. Just right. little bottle, green little stuff. Bottle. <laughs> Boom. Will make me into Wolverine. I say you'd get closer. I think. Close I think with. Okay. I think. All I right. think with this. Right. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Because right now I'm, I'm not close. <laughs> it's, all ba- it's all baby steps here man it's all baby steps we each, each and every one of us are constantly trying to get better i'm just glad the guys at magic mind are helping us get there but um yeah, yeah. 
go ahead, uh, try all those promo codes, try that website, and get some. That's it. Um, but let's get into the nitty gritty when it comes to Hulk versus. Did you want to go to the Asgardian story first? Well, we can do we can do Asgard story first. That's fine. Okay, cool. Okay, so in the magical and mystical world of Asgard's nine realms, a critical moment unfolds as the All Father Odin enters his annual Odin sleep, leaving Asgard vulnerable to potential attacks. Thor, Odin's son, and the rest of the Asgardian gods must protect their realm to prevent the catastrophic event known as Ragnarok. However, this year, Thor's villainous stepbrother Loki devises a new plan to undermine his estranged brother and heir to the throne. This is the first mainstream sort of introduction to Asgard. Uh, and a lot of these concepts here, as a, um, you know, as, as a dunk into the water, how do you think about the designs when it comes to this kind of stuff? Um, I, I just wanted also to mention that I was pretty surprised at how classic they went with the Loki look. That's like OG Loki. It's, the, it's, it's OG. I, I love the look of this. They yeah. really paid homage to the, the classic looks. Even just And I, overall, both, both of these episodes, movies, however you want to say them, because both of them are relatively short. The Wolverine yeah. one is about 35 minutes including credits and everything like that. And the mm. Asgard one is 45 minutes. They're both short. Right. So they both get, they both get really into the story very quickly. And I like that. And the way it's just introduced and the, the uh, exposition yeah. is done very quickly and you just thrown into the story. So like even this one, the intro credits just quickly show you rainbow bridge going from <laughs> earth to Asgard. You know what you're getting into. You know, it just quickly puts you into that mindset. They show you Heimdall, you know, who who, who is not looking like Idris Elba. So no. I mean, that that's going to be a, like a little bit of a shock for people who never saw this and then go back and see it. And then, like you said, to see this classic Loki, and I love I love his narration because he just come like you immediately feel for this, the surliness and the jealousy yeah. of this of this character. And I like how he's just blandly describing everything and then you just when he when he goes and then my stepbrother you know yeah. like, this, you know so for comic fans immediately go oh this is loki narrating like you're thinking okay right. who, who could be who could be narrating this and then once he says that you're like oh this is loki and then like you said to see that classic uh loki look you know that's not tom hiddleston once again like this this dude just looks like an angry white guy who you immediately know <laughs> there is there is no redemptive arc for this character he sucks no. This is Loki. He's a bad guy. Yes. Yeah. And that's all he's going to be. And he's just immediately just sitting there trying to figure out how am I going to take down Asgard, destroy my brother. And, you know, uh, because, all you before know, lunch, all before lunch, <laughs> because 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 as as Tom would say, right, I'm I'm burdened with a glorious purpose. Right. Right. So yeah. th that's what that's what that's what that's what this Loki is all about. He wants to take over. He wants to show what he can do, and he's going to do it even in the nastiest ways possible. Even right there in the beginning, uh, introducing concepts like Odin sleep, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the uh, the All Father, um, the Nine Realms, and the fact that they Asgard is in charge of keeping the peace between them, um, Ragnarok, which is a pretty huge concept when it comes to not only Thor mythology but Norse mythology. The cyclical nature of gods dying, being reborn, living their lives out and stuff. And I've always felt like 
Loki is a great personification of that cycle. Like he's always just a piece of trash you know and then it goes back and then he tries to fight his brother and then he's thwarted and you know and it goes round mm-hmm. and round and round, round um round. but yeah I, I remember uh looking at this it, it's a bit weird to not hear chris Hemsworth's voice mm-hmm. <laughs> with the thor but i'm digging it are you these brothers have very distinct helmets are you down with the helmets because they don't wear them much in the uh in the thor film Oh, yes. I mean, I love seeing their original costumes. And just in general, you know how helmets are in, in comic book movies or especially in the MCU, especially as of late. It seems like at the minute they get any, a slight opportunity to show the actors' faces, they have to. Whereas, you know, yeah. in animation, it's all about, no, let's maintain that look. You know, Loki never takes off those those giant horns. You know, the only yeah. time the only time Thor takes off his winged, beautiful winged helmet is when when Hulk beats the crap out of him and knocks. I'm saying it someone off. has to knock it off. <laughs> yeah, I've always liked uh, Loki's little gold ponytail that's on the helmet. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. attached to the helmet. I'm like, who's that for? <laughs> hey, you know, if he, if you don't, if he's if, if he's having a bad hair day, he knows it's still there. You know, yeah, like, just to remind people. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to put any head and shoulders in today, so don't don't forget this is what it looks like. But that's you even know? funnier when you think of all the Tom Hiddleston hair flips and Loki, and he's constantly yeah. throwing his head back. Mm-hmm. And the head flip. Mm, look at me. But you're right. Loki has his sights set on the throne, as he always does. And so he brings the formidable Hulk from Midgard to separate Bruce Banner from his alter ego successfully. Thor tries to stop the chaos, but Loki's plan backfires when the Hulk breaks free and accidentally causes Bruce's death. Now, comic man, has this ever happened before? Has Hulk and Thor, I mean, Hulk and Bruce Banner ever been separated? Numerous times. That's the thing. Times. It sounds thing yes. It's it, it is it is something that's been done. I want to say probably probably about ten times in the comics in some okay. way, shape, or form. There's always been these weird, you know, science experiments where they've they've used chemical baths to separate them, or they. Um, if you do, you remember Heroes Reborn? You remember that? Yes. Well, onslaught. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Onslaught? Yeah. That was something they did there, where in order to unleash the full power of the Hulk, Jean Grey like took. Bruce Banner out of the Hulk's mind so that way he could crack the the shell of onslaught but when okay. and then and then when the, all the heroes went to the heroes reborn universe the Hulk went but Bruce Banner stayed or, or or something like that or one or Bruce Banner went but Hulk stayed it was they were completely separated in two different universes which is what ended up being kind of like they were like the doorway to come back at one point something like that but yeah this concept has been done uh, quite a bit Quite a bit. I mean, even I think even kind of even recently, they turned the Hulk into like a spaceship almost. I did see that. And, and Bruce does he like fight in Thor mind. in that as well? Yes, yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. he does. Yeah. So th- this is this is something that has been done quite a few times in some way, shape, or form. The idea that they, they're they're basically two completely separate entities who just are cohabiting this this body, you know, crappy roommate situations. So it yeah. just becomes, ah, I'm moving out, you know, kind of thing for <laughs> temporarily. I ain't coming back. What? I got to go back. No, I don't want to go back. No, I don't want to deal with that crap. <laughs> you know, so it does happen. It does happen. So seeing it happen quick, fast, and in a hurry, I, I wasn't surprised to see them go this route with the story. And it was, it was and, a lot and, of fun. And, and, and a death? Them. Just died. Yeah. Like, I was like what the hell? what's going on here? Yeah. Is the idea that Bruce Banner is the safety to the gun that is the Hulk 
so they're trying to remove the safety is that usually what the why they're separating these characters in the comics um sometimes it's that sometimes it's just hey we want to try to give bruce a, a life you know i think in the jason aaron run when he did it he he had like he ha- him he paid or worked with dr doom to get it done that way bruce can become the best bruce he could possibly be which i okay. really liked it that was where he i think he was like a like almost like a jackass because he just kind of got <laughs> during oh in the jason aaron i believe in that run i think it was jason aaron um he just got annoyed he just got annoyed at the fact that okay everybody's constantly talking about how great like iron man is and reed richards and hank pym but because i have this green savage to constantly deal with whenever i'm i'm a little pissed off um, it it diminishes the my work. It diminishes my output. So let me separate myself from this, so that way I can get properly recognized in the in the world as, with yeah. my genius. You know. So yeah, it's it's always for different reasons, which I dig. It's not always it's not always just something that like happens by mistake or or is is just a pity thing. Sometimes he, he just wants it to happen, or he finds a way to make it work for his, for his advantage. And then, right. but you can't, you, as you, as you saw in this, you can't control that rage forever. No, no. Um, with Bruce gone, the Hulk basically just becomes an unforce, uncontrollable force of rage. Uh, mm-hmm. Thor struggles to stop him, narrowly escaping death thanks to Amora the Enchantress, who rescues him from Hellas' grasp. The Hulk, drawn, drawn by the light of Odin's sleep, sets out to destroy it. So, B-Rogue, for those who don't know, including myself, describe to me the relationship between Thor and Amora in the comics. Oh, Amora. Oof. And she's got that Thor thirst going strong. I, I've seen that in a couple of things. I just don't know where it stems from. I don't know anything about this character. Um, Exactly where it stems from, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's just one of those things where... You know, five thousand years old, right? It's like one missed call, like four thousand years ago, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, all these, all these characters, for the most part, have have like grown up together. You know, if you if you've read any really old Thor books or even watch, I believe it's kind of shown a little bit in Thor: Tales of Asgard, where it shows you know Thor, Loki, Sif, the Warriors Three, and Amora, the Enchantress. Mm-hmm. They all grew up together, and you know they uh, Sif and Amora would would compete, <laughs> kind of like a Betty, kind of like a Betty and Veronica kind of thing, over right. the affections of Thor. And you know, you know, I, I would I think there have been a couple stories where he has chosen Amora. I mean, hey, why not, right? Yeah. And but for the most part, he he leans towards Sif because the Enchantress naturally has that that jaded personality, whereas Sif always maintains her regalness and her purity so to speak but so mm-hmm. it's always had this 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 rivalry between the two you know the this this brandy monica the god is mine kind of thing right 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 you know so but yeah it, it's something that's been played out for a long long time and i like that in this because I, I the mcu we've never gotten the enchantress and she's a great yeah. character right she's a great character she's a great counterpart to to loki as well as someone who is this is it is has her own comp complexities you know she's she's not doing it she's doing it for purely selfish reasons but not because she wants to take over asgard she just she just likes this guy a lot you know yeah. some yeah. of the things we the things we do for love right yeah yeah and that i've always seen her kind of fawning over him and um it almost takes away a bit of the malice for me like you know like i don't she doesn't seem like a cackling villain she she 
she's bad because she cares. I guess she can't have what she wants, so I guess that makes her bad. Um, and then yeah, Hella's in this. Did Hella say that Loki was her dad? Yes, yes. Which I was, which I was very happy that they included that because that is that is part of the mythos. You know, I so did not they, know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they quickly mention it. I, I think even Loki says it like, oh, man, my, we're, we're in the realm of my daughter or something like that. And then later right. on, she says, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take my father since since I'm not, I can't since I can't take Thor. You know, I'm going to I'm not going to I've already lost enough, but uh, I'll snatch up his soul for the, for <laughs> yeah, the time he, being. He ain't doing shit. I'll just grab him. Right, exactly. Grab him exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can deal. I can deal with him. You know, you got Mjolnir, you're Thor, you know, the Prince of Asgard. I'll take the stepson for now. He's my father. So, you know, it'll, it'll be bygones. It'll be bygones. I like the classic all white eyes, Hella. Um, yes. And I also like that she's very kind of matter of fact, which I guess if you've been doing that job for as long as you have, like, she's not very emotional in any of her things. She's like, well, so for so like, Somebody's got to come down here. <laughs> mm -hmm. I got a job uh, to do, and and you guys are messing with it. You know, I had I had a tally on the board. And now it went down. I can't have people knowing about that. If I need <laughs> right, a right. body to stay here, man. I got a yeah. reputation to maintain. Yeah, I ain't mad at it. Uh, so Thor, realizing Loki's involvement, teams up with him to retrieve Bruce's soul from the depths of hell. As Asgard's forces, aided by Loki's frost giants, attempt to stop the rampaging Hulk, they face failure. Do you have a favorite side Thor character? Oof, it's it's a tough one. That's a tough That's one. Big, I, mean, right? I mean, you got Beta yeah, Bill. You got Beta <laughs> Bill. I mean, you got Volstag. I love Volstag. You know, just having this big fat warrior big <laughs> who's who's just just always wants to eat, always wants to drink. You know, yeah. um, even 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 Sif, I, I I have an exceptional love for. Her. I love the fact that in this they highlighted that she is the best swordsman in Asgard. I really really dug that. Yeah. Uh, even Balder, Balder the Brave. You know, um, the guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Balder's in this. Yeah, and he gets mollywhopped by the Hulk. Yes, I was did. so mad. I was so upset by that because you know Balder the Brave. He is he is like a step below Thor. You know, right? And in I believe in in Norse mythology, they're actually brothers, and I, yes. I think that's been acknowledged in some of the comics, but not always. Mm -hmm. So seeing him in this, I was like, "Ooh, how are they going to highlight this guy?" Yeah, they highlighted him by giving him an ass whooping, and the warriors and the warriors three, oof, they they ran into the Hulk and the Hulk ran him over. <laughs> they didn't get it worse than they got it in Ragnarok. Those I don't know. Did they? I I, I in they got got. I'm like, I, I did they? I think the whole killed them. You never see. Well, them yeah, again. that's also true. That's also true. <laughs> um, you know, and yeah, I, and I, I wish this got more. I like, to, I was gonna I say, like I just how wish this got more to do in, in the MCU. She's the best swordsman uh, in Asgard, but she loses her arm and and. <laughs> Yeah, her arm, MCU. her arm, her arm went to Asgard, went to Valhalla, right? Valhalla. Oh, oh my God, what a stupid Your line! Favorite movie, recovery uh. next. No, <laughs> no, I'll be on vacation. Um, but even, but even, but even other characters, I like that. I didn't catch. I, I don't think I caught that they were here in the first. The first time I ever watched this years ago. Mm. Malekith, Malekith is in this. Yeah, uh, Ulick. You lick the troll, I believe, makes a quick cameo appearance in this. Uh, right. We got frost giants. 
frost giants and fire giants you kind of get the 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 minions of Surtur are involved it's, it was it's so fun how this really just put so much thor mythos into this i was like oh this is cool you know because it in this one it really felt more like a a thor story that had hulk in it rather than a hulk story that had thor in it and i'm a big 100%. thor guy so so i really dig you, it they presented it the best way that i like to present lore which is just act as if the world is already there which yeah it's easier for them because the comics already exist um but you can really bog this down with a introduction of uh, there are nine realms each one of the this is realm one and realm two is like we don't have time for that we got 35 minutes we gotta we gotta get this we gotta get this in and out um so yeah i i did like that they showed this this was like almost a highlight reel if when you think of like quick thor crash course kind of stuff mm -hmm. um definitely you got you got all that here. Uh, while Sif and Amora defend Odin, Thor and Loki confront Hela, who has granted Bruce his deepest desires. That was kind of messed up. <laughs> that was kind of depressing. Yes, it, it, it very much was, but it was cool to see. Like I totally forgot this scene happens. Very adult, and when you think um, of like in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty adult no. scene. Well, I mean, this is this is the other side of the of what I was saying. Most people think, you know, to separate the Hulk, uh, the Bruce Banner from the Hulk means, ooh, we get to see a lot of Hulk unleashed. But the, but separating Bruce Banner means he gets to have a taste of of the life he's he's not able to have because he's the Hulk. So yeah. it's it was bittersweet to see him. Oh wow, he gets he finally gets to settle down with Betty. Yeah, he gets to have a son. And raise him, and raise him uh, well, because if you know, and anybody who knows the history of of the Hulk, he was an abused child. And if you've right. seen uh, like uh, Ang Lee's Hulk, which I know some people look back on, like how how bad it was, so to speak, he at least paid a lot of homage to those comic books and addressed the fact that he's a a child of 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 a parental abuse. abuse. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically where his his id, you know, the Hulk comes from. You know, it's that right. rage he always wants to unleash on on his father. So to see this and then see him get to be a dad, and you know, all he wants to do is spend time with his son. It, it's nice. So it's it's it was a nice thing to show that hey, look, you know, it's not just the Hulk. I know everybody likes to see Hulk smashing and bashing, but here we also have this actual person in there as well, in Bruce Banner. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, in all honesty. I didn't know many Hulk stories uh, prior to the MCU starting, and they didn't really do many Hulk stories. I would then go on to read things like Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, um, and we were just talking about uh, well, we've done a whole podcast on Immortal Hulk, which touches on uh, the, the abuse of the father, and basically it's just a love letter to, to all of Hulk's lore. But I remember saying on this very podcast that the issue with the Hulk as a character, when you talk about it as a protagonist, is that Bruce is trying the entire film not to do the thing that you want him to do as a viewer. As a viewer, you want to see the Hulk smash things. Because, to be honest, Marvel, at least film, hasn't given you a reason to not want that. I, Me and you had the uh, distinction of being able to see Godzilla Minus One. Mm -hmm. I wish the Hulk was portrayed more in that light, like a storm. 
you know, like like something you don't want. You don't want him to do to turn into the Hulk because you care about the people around him and you care about him and who he might kill accidentally being in this rage. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, it's always been marketed that you want to see the flip out. You want to see him, uh, you know, uh, flip the script and and Hulk out. Um, and how do you root for somebody who's trying the entire film not to do that? You know, uh, I've always felt like they've kind of had to dangle that line. I'm watching the Edward Norton one, and I'm like, I get, I get you're working on your breathing, but I kind of want you to turn into the Hulk because that's why I'm watching this movie. You know, and everything that I see, it's always the Hulk against the military. So it's like, I, you know, I also don't have a po- like a pull in like an emotional sense because it's just nameless, faceless je- mm-hmm. jeeps and and and, and humvees and, 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 and yeah, yeah, and a helicopter every now and again. But there is a very human story to this character. You were just saying about how he was a, you know, he's a product of abuse um, and stuff. And ultimately, he does become a father with Sakaar and has to kind of face his own past. Uh, and, and, and I think as we all do, when, when it comes to trying to move on to the future, you have to look pa- back to see how far you've come. Um, so it, it kind of sucks that they can't really serve Hulk uh, the way they want to with all his rights being tied up in Paramount because I do think that there's some really, really intricate storytelling you can do. All the really deep um cerebral television today, right? Like all this mm-hmm. like super deep, you know, plug your brain into the cloud or you know <laughs> uh kind of kind of TV stuff. We really could have uh had a a show with a guy with DID, you know, dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. Um because of trauma and abuse and you know how he deals with it. But right now ironically similar to the mcu he's just a plot point in both of these films he's not really you know a character if you know uh, more in this he's a character than he is in the next one in the next one uh they don't even really talk to him all that much and at one point he gets stabbed (laughs) so so what do you think about the hulk portrayal in this i know they serve both wolverine and, and thor well in this but what do you think about hulk he's the he's the marquee character in this well, it's like you said, like, uh, he, he's, he is a uh, natural disaster, a walking natural disaster. You see it show up at your door and it's just like, yo, batten down the hatches and, and prepare for impact. And that's what he is. I mean, he's, he's single-handedly invading Asgard. You know, he's, he's wiping the floor with gods. You know, even at one point, the, the, the Valkyrie or the entire uh, that was cool. uh, regiment of Valkyrie are standing before him and... He just swipe, just just yep. no. You guys are like the the special defenders of Asgard and Valhalla itself. I don't care. Get out my way. Smack, smack, smack. It's it was insane. So to see that force of nature, and especially get to, to get to see him completely unleashed, um, with no with no banner to hold him back, or even even at one point Loki, because you know Loki's Loki's controlling him at one point. But then when he yeah. gets completely unleashed, and he even. It seems like they were trying to portray that he breaks Thor's arm at one point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 I felt it like when the way that voice actor portrayed that pain when he gets his arm broke, I was like, oh, oh, that hurt. Yeah, you know that. You know, um, so yeah, seeing him be be that just walking force of nature was it was it was fun. It was fun, like you said, even though it's it's this pain pain character, it's still fun to watch. It's still fun to watch to see him just just mow people down i also will never get tired of 
because I feel like every other planet respects him more than ours. <laughs> so I never get tired of him being somewhere. People are like, whoa, this is like some sort of God or some sort of, you know, creature, you know, imbued with, 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 you know, God-like power. Like everywhere, everywhere else in the world, they're in awe of this man. Sakar, you know, Asgard. Um, but then he comes over to, to America and we just try to put him in a spaceship and send his ass back, back. Yeah. Not, you somewhere know, else. they, they, every, other planets, like you said, are worshiping him. They're respecting his strength. And here, 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 we're just like, damn it. Yeah. Damn it, Bruce. <laughs> again. Like, did he stub his toe in the coffee table again? Like, what the hell happened this time, you know? Right. Uh, despite their best efforts, the Hulk overpowers Sif and Amora, causing chaos in Odin's realm. Loki convinces his daughter to transport the Hulk to her realm, and Thor and Loki make a final unsuccessful attempt to stop him. Realizing the danger... Bruce willingly merges with the Hulk. Hela returns the Hulk to Midgard, but takes Odin's soul in exchange. As Odin awakens, Loki, Asgard Loki, Loki, Loki. Loki soul. Yeah, it was Loki soul. In exchange, as Odin awakens, Asgard honors Bruce in a ceremonial tribute, unknowingly acknowledging his crucial role in averting the catastrophe that nearly consumed the nine worlds. I will say, I thought that was well done. That you're on Asgard, and on Asgard, they're drinking mead, they're cheering each other, they disavoided a, a, a catastrophe, and they are cheering or uh, toasting to the Midgard phenomenon that helped, you know, save Asgard. And what is Bruce doing? He's hitchhiking. That that it, it, speaks to me as Bruce Banner Hulk, you know? Yeah, definitely. But one thing, I'm just going to go back, I want to talk about Odin. I love the fact that I don't know about you, but when I wake up from a long sleep, I don't just go straight into a speech. No, no, that's I'm, exactly I'm what high, he did. I'm highly impressed. My my man wakes up from this from his magic Odin sleep and it just kicks right into a speech. Now that's a yeah. leader right there. He just wakes yeah. up mm, and now I have awakened from the Odin sleep and all is well. And thank you, Hulk, for you know, like man, she's making you, you no coffee, nothing. He, I, you know what? He must be using. Uh, what is he's it? on mind, magic mind? mind, bro. He's on magic, he's on magic mind. mind. That's what it is. That's what, that's it, what is. it is. That's what that's he's got what better it is. sleeping pattern. He's getting productivity now. Had he taken it before, maybe he wouldn't need the old sleep in the first place. But you know, God's got to rest. I ain't mad at God's it. God's got to rest. I, I mean, he's kind of he's kind of keeping the nine. He's keeping the nine realms together. You know, he needs he needs his little shut eye. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but I was I was highly I I liked how they did that with Odin. But yeah, I mean I thought that was like bittersweet. You know, like you said, like they're all toasting to this ca character. Meanwhile, he, he can't even freaking get hitch a ride in 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 his home world. His home world, you know, they don't they don't trust him enough. Yeah, you know? but I but I also liked that that was basically a little homage to the Bill Bixby Hulk, which I I they even play like a somber piano sort of theme, and I'm like. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, I know, I, I, I get that. I know what that's from. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was really, really well done. And now looking at it, it's, it's very surprising to me how much of the uh, lore that they stuck there. Um, I just feel like nowadays they'd be so afraid. It's too much, mm -hmm. you know. We got to. Yeah, kinda... like, I mean, they definitely, they definitely scaled it back for the MCU. You know, you don't. There's no Balder. There's and you see how they they treat Thor. I think I think this was what Kenneth Branagh wanted for Thor in the first movie. We kind of got a taste of it. They got yeah. it again a little bit in the in the Dark World, but it seems like you know general audiences want more of the surfer Thor 
and that's why Ragnarok and Love and Thunder we got we got that Thor. You know, whereas I think there's I, a middle ground. I think there's a middle ground. The, what I liked of what you would consider Surfer Thor is the idea that he's unfazed by the ridiculousness of his job or his life. You know what I'm saying? I like that aspect of it. Um, where it's just like, up oh, a dragon? Of course there's a dragon. Of course I got to fight a dragon because I always fight dragons. Stuff right. like that. Um, but, and another thing, MCU Thor, there's not a world in which you leave Lady Sif for Jane Foster. All right? There's not a world. There's not a world. I, I'll say it. You know what I'm saying? Write, write to me. Comicbookclick at gmail.com. <laughs> And let me know if you disagree. But comp Jamie Alexander as if in the outfit. Come on, bro. I don't. I don't. got to save Sif. I don't got to save Sif. I'm. I'm a sucker for Natalie Portman. So yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, Jamie Alexander. You know, she's 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 not bad either. But there's something about Natalie Portman. So I get it. Jane, Jane, mm. Jane. <laughs> <laughs> but let's no. Go, let's, uh, yeah. Let's go to Canada. You ready to go to Canada? Let's go. Let me get my jacket on. Let me get my jacket uh, on. I mean, here we're gonna go from the legendary Asgard to to Canada. What's this all about? What's this all about? As a, as a resident Marvel zombie, do you remember the first time you read Wolverine's first appearance? Yes, yes. I was probably I was probably about twelve years old. Okay, to, and I, and I was able to get it in a in like a collection. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, like kind of like a graphic novel collection so to see uh to see how that all came down and i this was years after i'm already seeing wolverine in the x-men comics so to right. see the, the the for those of you who don't know the original wolverine costume <laughs> is his mask was not quite the same it was no. if you know the character like Hel eyebrows i think it was yes. more like pointy eyebrows pointy to make eyes. the mask he had it's, whiskers it's not yeah, whiskers. Yes, they really <laughs> wanted. They really leaned into the idea of of him being like a Wolverine, small, scrappy, vicious, just wants to tear things apart. So they wanted to make him look like that. And he shows mm -hmm. up in this in in Hulk one eighty one. Well, really Hulk one eighty. He makes his real first appearance yeah, in Hulk one eighty yeah, yep. for like a page, and then Hulk one eighty one. It all kicks off with you know him fighting Wendigo and the title character, the incredible Hulk. So reading that, it was just a lot of fun to just see this, this scrappy little character facing off against this walking natural disaster. Uh, it was, it was fantastic to read and it, it was fun to see the origin of this character. Am I correct to assume that he was initially introduced as a villain or is he just, is he just a villain in the sense that he's antagonistic to Thor and I mean, Hulk in that comic? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't totally uh, I I pre like fleshed out yet what they were hoping to do with this character because I'm not even sure if they even addressed them as a mutant in that issue. I don't think he is. I think he just yeah. has claw hands. For some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just has claw hands because even at that point, he the claws aren't aren't even known that they come from his hands. Right. And even the the original creator said the idea was the claws came out of his gloves. Right, and Not they're on top hands. of his. They're on top of his fist, as as opposed to like in between his knuckles. Right, that uh, that was changed years later when he does join the X Men by Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont realized, well, let's make this guy even more intriguing by yo, his claws are coming out of his hands. Like, why yeah. is this happening? Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, because they they had no origin for this character. That was that was part of his allure. Is he's just this savage little fighter who has all this mystery behind him. But where does he come from? Why does he have this? Why is he called Logan? Is that his first name? Is that his last name? Right, right. This guy, and but yet he's and you know uh, this scrappy dude who, as they fleshed him out, actually has this this beautiful soul to him. But he's he's a tortured soul because he's been experimented on, and he's he's got this this history that's like, wait, you you li- you went to Japan, you were in Canada, you were you were doing operative work, you you remember some things, you don't remember other things. You got mm-hmm. a thing for red, you got a thing for redheads. You you fight all types <laughs> of author- you got you fight all types of authority. You'll date a geisha too, though, if you could. <laughs> yeah, and he does, and he does. He dates quite. You find you find out later on down the line, he's got like eighteen kids out there. <laughs> right, right. You know, so there it is. There, there is the magic that is known as Wolverine. I like how we basically are retreading uh, 181, but in this instance, the reason why I asked you about um, him being an antagonist is we now get almost the same story, but he's the protagonist in this story. We see how he was kind of roped into fighting the Hulk, brought in um, in the remote wilderness of Elksford, nestled within the Canadian Rockies. Logan, codenamed Wolverine, arrives on a mission assigned by Department H. Now, Weapon H is that Hulk Wolverine thing, right? Yes. Is Department mm-hmm. H a thing? Yeah, Department H is kind of like the the how do you say the uh, the secret agency in in Canada. I don't know if it's really the secret agency. I, I'm not saying <laughs> in the real world. <laughs> right, right. In Marvel yeah, Comics, yeah, yeah. in Marvel Comics, Department H is. You find out later on. I think it had ties to Weapon X as well, but they're they're the ones that would eventually make like Alpha Flight. Ah, you know, okay. They're, 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 which Alpha Flight is the Canadian super team. It's it's Sasquatch, etc. Sasquatch, Vindicator, Guardian, right. um, Shaman, uh, Snowbird, I believe her name is. Puck. I love Puck. Puck yeah. Puck and Wolverine <laughs> have a have a have a fun, have a fun ri- little rivalry. Uh, you know, he's picking out somebody's own size. Exactly. <laughs> What's going on I, there? I love, I love, I love how often Puck calls Wolverine Shorty. You know, he'll walk up to Wolverine, yeah. "Hey, what's up, Shorty?" It's like Puck, just so you guys know, is is like four foot tall, and Wolverine canonically is like five foot three. So they're two right, little right. guys. You know, they're two small little dudes. Yeah, I was wondering about Department H because, like I said, the first when I said the H, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, Weapon H. Which um, I don't know how well that story went across. <laughs> I haven't really seen that character in anything else since the comic, so I'm assuming that the story didn't take off uh, the way that I wanted. It. Oh, the way that they wanted it to. But I remember seeing that spe- spe- specimen in a in a tank of some sort. And they're like, dun dun dun! It's a Hulk with Wolverine claws. But did they just never? Did, it was, was the story just not that good. It wasn't. Okay. It, it's kind of goofy. It comes off really, really goofy. It comes across, honestly, it felt to me like, oh, man, they, like they saw some kid take two of his favorite heroes and mash them together. <laughs> like, ooh. You know, that's something you draw to me when, you, when you're sitting there bored in the class. You're like, ooh, let me take the Hulk and Wolverine and put them together. That's what they, that's what they did here. I think the character has resurfaced here and there, but he's, he's not taken off, really. Yeah, he showed up in DC. They called him Damage over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So the Americans, <laughs> the Americans are pointing fingers at the Hulk for causing chaos, prompting the Canadian authorities to send in the adamantium clawed mutant to apprehend the green behemoth. As Wolverine meticulously tracks his target, he's met with a surprising revelation. Um, so before we get to the revelation, I like how they played this, where like Wolverine seemingly is just on a mission, but then when he sees and I guess deduces via smell that maybe some innocents were harmed in Hulk's rampage, he start he almost now has more of a reason to take this this character down. Where I believe initially it was just kind of like an op thing, wasn't it? It was just yeah, yeah. They're they're basically show, making it seem like oh, it's it's the Hulk just rampaging. He's he's like they said, this walking force of nature. He's he's killing people potentially. And Wolverine, we we need you to come in and and stop him. And potentially they say they tell they say stop him. But if you can't stop him, kill him. He's nice. he's, he's just too much to deal with. But then as as we're going to see how he unearths everything, okay, it's there's a little bit more to the story. Yeah. Expecting a monstrous Hulk, Wolverine instead stumbles on a frail, shivering, and half-naked figure, none other than Bruce Banner himself. A twist of fate has transformed the brilliant scientist into the very creature Wolverine was sent to subdue. As Logan confronts Banner, attempting to reason with him, it becomes apparent that the Hulk is not one to be swayed by either strength or logic. Um, I like that Logan's first response is to be hospitable. Like his first response is to be like, "Hey, bro, you're right. Like you look kind of, you know, whatever." And guys, like, stay away. You don't want none of this. It's like me after a couple of drinks. Like, just you get away. You don't know what you're starting. <laughs> um, no, I did, but, I did definitely. No, I was just gonna say, but Wolverine, come on. By looking at Banner, there's no way he could deduce what is about to happen. <laughs> he. he, he um, Banner's trying to warn him of the threat that is the Hulk, but if just looking at Banner, Wolverine's like, "What's what's the worst that could happen?" Like this guy keeps yeah, telling course. me I need to run away. He's, what is it? This this skinny little little frail person who I'm looking for a giant monster, right? Because he's he's literally up until this point he's he's narrowing it down. He's literally walking in the footsteps of the Hulk, and then suddenly he mm -hmm. starts to see small footsteps, and he sees this skinny little Bruce Banner guy. Who I mean, he looks like somebody who who was on a on a on a, on a what do they call them a bender? A bender? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, he's he's just wearing his pants. He's out here in the wilderness freezing. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, dude, dude, you came out here to do some can Canadian camping, and you found out that you know uh, what is that beer? Canadian Labatt Blue. Canadian Labatt Blue. He had too too yeah. much Labatt Blues. And he's now wandering the Canadian wilderness. And Wolverine's just like, man, what are you doing here? You're supposed to. And then he catches that scent and he, he realizes, okay, mm, you're involved in this somehow. I love the actual word. He says you smell toxic. You smell toxic, yeah. He can literally smell the gamma <laughs> pouring out of this man's pores. Yeah. Um, so he adjusts his tactics and Wolverine <clears throat> unleash, unleashes the power of his adamantium claws, engaging in a fierce battle with the Hulk. Yet, victory is short-lived as both Wolverine and the Hulk fall prey to the machinations of Team X members. Uh, Sabretooth, or Team Weapon X, uh, Sabretooth, Omega Red, Lady Deathstrike, and the unpredictable Deadpool. Mm. This seems like a comic thing. I know of them all being part of the Weapons Plus program. Were they ever put together in, in a group? I don't remember if this 
group exactly was ever a team. There was mm-hmm. at one point a Weapon X book that had Sabretooth, uh, Maverick, I think like Agent Zero, something like that. I maybe and, uh, what's his name? Um, the uh, shooter, wow. the guy with the guns. Uh, uh, Maverick. No, no, no. Um, Phantom X. <laughs> Phantom X. I don't think he was in that book. I don't. Okay. Think he's he a Weapon Plus book. person, right? He is. A, he is a Weapon Plus. I believe he was Weapon Thirteen. Okay. I believe he was Weapon Thirteen. But yeah, the like so maybe in somewhere they had this particular group of characters as an exact team. But I I want to say this was probably the first iteration because I don't remember Lady Deathstrike ever being part of something like this, and then Deadpool as well. Yeah, they don't invite her around. They, they don't. They don't. They no. don't bring her to many places. <laughs> no. Not really, as you can see why, you know. Well, I mean, I was looking at her and her uh, abilities and her appendages, and I'm like, some of these girls out here got Lady Deathstrike nails. <laughs> they, 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 they do it now. Nowadays, that's <laughs> they right. They got talent right. out here. What's going on? What's going on here in these streets? You know, what all, I, all she need, all, just put some, put, put some rhinestones on those claws. You know, make big rocks like sandpaper <laughs> rocks. <laughs> what I like about this team, though, is my even with my vague comic knowledge and you know anime series now whatever. This is a team that can make Logan's life a living hell. Now, quite possibly with a Berserker Rage, you could probably take him out. But everyone on this team is kind of sick in the head. Omega Red, Sabretooth, Lady Deathstrike, and then again, Deadpool. And I love that Deadpool's like, hey, it's Deadpool. I shot you. (laughs) He's like fading away. (laughs) Um. Amidst the chaos, Wolverine experiences a flashback to his mysterious origins before waking up to a precarious situation. Um, how do you remember how distant the um, Weapon X, the actual like Weapon X Wolverine origin was to the character? Like, did, did had he been around for some time before they go to the whole metal helmet, red visor, naked <laughs> with a bunch of plugs in him? Um, I want to say, yeah, it was, a. I want to say it was over 10 years because Bonkers. Wolverine, I believe debuted in the late seventies, the exact year, I think it was 77, 78 and mm-hmm. the legendary weapon X series by uh, Barry Windsor Smith. I don't think that came out until like 1988, 1989, you know, and even mm-hmm. when it came out, it was one of those, well, this might be his origin. Right, you know, or 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 part of his origin because they that 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 only explains how he gets captured and then reprogrammed into this weapon. You, it was it wouldn't be until, I think, the early two thousands when we got origin where we finally see him as a child and how he grows up. So yeah, I mean, like this this character was just perpetually veiled in mystery, and then the big part of that mystery also was the fact that yeah, we'll never let him know. Us as the fans, as the viewer, we kind of got to peek behind the curtain. But then when you look at the character in his face and go, hey, Logan, do you know who your dad is? No. Mm -mm. I have no idea. Do you remember these details? Nope, nope, nope. Do you remember this? Nope, nope, nope. So that was a a big part of it. it, Even though they kept, you know, uh, giving us uh, the look behind the curtain, they never let poor Logan in on on the trick. And that that didn't happen until uh, House of M. Well, yeah, Origins is is like mid two thousands, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
right before yeah. X-Men Origins Wolverine. So I see, despite suggestions that co-creator Len Wein uh, originally intended for Logan to be a mutated Wolverine cub, evolved to humanoid form by the already established high evolutionary, Wayne denies this. Quote, while I readily admit that my original idea was for Wolvie's claws to extend from the back of his gloves, I absolutely did not ever intend to make Logan a mutated Wolverine. I write stories about human beings, not evolved animals, with apologies for any story I may have written that involved the high evolutionary. The, mutant, the mutated Wolverine thing came about after uh, came about long after I was no longer involved with the book. I'm not certain if the idea was first suggested by Chris Claremont, the late much uh, much missed Dave Cockrum, or John Byrne when he came aboard as an artist, but it most certainly did not start with me. <laughs> don't put that. Don't put that on me, man. Don't put this on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I, um, I, 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 I didn't come up with this idea, man. 1974 is his uh, comic book debut. There you go. And the Weapon X miniseries didn't come out till 91. Oh, wow. So that's what I'm saying. So for all you, you got a couple of damn near two decades before you even catch a hint of this dude's origin. It just helped it just to help them out, you know, having this blank slate that they could just add little bits to brush strokes to finish the overall painting. That is his origin. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but, but, but. The professor, the the enigmatic leader of Weapon X, expresses a desire to reclaim Wolverine, but dissent brews within the ranks, particularly from Deathstrike, who harbors a deep-seated grudge. Wolverine learns that the assault on the Hulk at Eckford was orchestrated by the Weapon X team, aiming to weaponize the Green Giant for their own purposes. Who the heck is the professor? The professor, if you've ever read the Weapon X miniseries, was the person who fused the adamantium to to Wolverine skeleton. I believe his name Has is... He, he's is always David. been the professor? Yeah, the professor or Professor Cornelius. I don't remember if they actually okay. gave, gave him that name in in Weapon X or if that was something they later would add. But it was it mm-hmm. was definitely part of his death. I think you read... Didn't you read The Death of Wolverine? When they, I did. When he gets in... Yeah. Because I, th- I believe they bring back that, that dude. They show that he somehow survived... <laughs> That whole, even though he thought killed Wolverine killed him when he escaped, he uh he he survives and that's 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 the person who eventually kind of kills him because he he encases him in the adamantium. Adamantium. I'm getting a Truett Hudson as a name, but he's always being depicted as a old bald man with glasses that reflect pure anime yes. villain vibes. <laughs> I was you beat me to it. I was about to say it. I was about to say that. <laughs> Pure anime villain vibes. Um, as tensions escalate within the group, Sabretooth's attack on the Professor sets off a chain of events. The strike, fueled by vengeance, sets her sights on Wolverine. Evading his would-be executioner, Wolverine manages to escape and locates the drugged and subdued Bruce Banner. Desperate to provoke the transformation, Wolverine resorts to drastic measures and stabs Banner, hoping to awaken the dormant Hulk. Were you afraid? Oh, afraid? Were you uh, surprised by the level of gore that was in this? Yes, um, I remember when I first watched it, and even in rewatching it, I was just like, "Wow, they they really they really pushed the envelope with this." I don't think they rated it R though, did they? Was this rated no? no. I don't believe but, so. But it, I I could see how they could have, you know, because I mean, um, 
the way the way Wolverine's just slicing and dicing. I mean, in the in their fight, like he he at one point jumps on Hulk's back and just is straight up stabbing into his back, and you clearly see blood just flowing. Uh, in the yeah. fights, uh, he he's slicing and dicing everybody. You're seeing blood come out of everybody. The way Omega Red is just flopping them around. Yeah, this was this was this was intense. This was a gory fight. <laughs> I was cleaning while I was watching it because uh, I was watching it. I was rewatching it. I've seen this before, right? So I'm cleaning. And they're having this discussion where he's like, you don't understand. Like, they must have drugged me or something because my anger is not triggering or whatever. And then all I hear is, shit. And I go, wait, no, no. And I literally look up. I'm like, they did not just stab. Cartoon was better. And I look, and he's there bleeding out. I go, what the hell? What about the uh, the Goku Piccolo Raditz thing where um, Sabretooth is holding Wolverine and he gets Lady Deathstrike to stab through? Mm-hmm. himself to stab Sabretooth to free him. I'm like, yo, this is bonkers. He's cutting up uh Deadpool's arm like sushi. Yeah. No, this this was crazy. It just he cuts up uh, Lady Deathstrike's arm. Like you said, he gets impaled mm-hmm. by her while being while being um bear hugged by, by Sabretooth. He slices up uh Deadpool's um arm and it, there is blood flowing. There is yeah. just blood flowing. It's like wow like I'm surprised this wasn't rated R. Uh, it was it was great. It was great, and it was great to see because you know, what we're about to get in a few months. It was great to see this Wolverine Deadpool interaction because yeah. it's like a preview. It's like a preview now of what's to come. Uh, the way Deadpool just treats this whole situation uh, in in his in his comic fashion, he's just constantly, "Yeah, hey, I shot you," you know. Yeah. Or even at one point where where Deadpool's gonna, where, I think he tries to shoot Bruce Banner, and Wolverine intervenes, and he's in slow motion. That's my favorite <laughs> yeah. gun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, just just seeing how how fun and wacky he could be, and then he, even later on, Wolverine chucks Deadpool. He makes him into cannon fodder, and the whole time Deadpool is just like, "We're friends. We're friends." Like, yeah, friends, man. You were just hunting these dudes down, and now you want to yeah. try to like act like you're we're, we're buddies. Nope. Get in there. Take your ass whooping from from the Hulk. Isn't it ironic that I would consider that way less money went into this than went into Wolverine Origins, but this gives us a more accurate Deadpool Wolverine interaction than that does. I think that's same year, same exact year. The blueprint was there, <laughs> you know what I'm like, and they still, I, I for just some reason still said we'll seal his mouth. I, I I just don't see how you read a Deadpool comic at the time and go the Merc with a mouth. Yeah. Ooh, let's seal his mouth. Yeah. Like so how? It's like giving Batman ADD, right? Where he can't prep anything. Because he's nothing. Oh my god, he can't focus. I can't, do this. I can't focus, <laughs> like, man. What? That's the one thing you do. The one thing you do is focus and prep. <laughs> Very strange that they would take that route. But I mean, you even got a villainous group with that gr- weird group of people with um, Will I Am and Striker, and you know, that's oh, almost a little bit of a Weapon X group. It's a bunch of people that Striker's given powers, or yeah. at least has been using. Yeah. That was more of, accurate uh, to that Weapon X book I told you about. Okay. Yeah. Is Striker in that as well? Yeah. Oh, he's not he's, he's not a part of Weapon X at all in the comics, right? He's just a preacher or something. Or am, or am I conflating um, two things? He is a he is a preacher. I, I think you're thinking of Great and Creed. Or Stryker is a preacher also, I think. I, I I'm confused. Is he the one right that he points to is he the one that points to Nightcrawler and is like, look at that. He's obviously a monster or whatever. 
Yes. Yes, that's that classic uh, God loves, uh, God man loves kill, man kills. Yeah, God loves man kills. So, yeah, I wasn't sure 100% if Stryker had militant. I mean, that name sounds like he has a freaking militant background. Um, sounds like a 90s villain, if I've ever heard one. I figured the professor might have been a kind of a takeoff of him in this. But if he if that's a movie thing, you know, Stryker being part of the Weapon X program, then I could see why he's not in this. And also, that was a pretty cool get to put him in the film because I don't know how he would have factored in uh, William Stryker in this. Um, and that's Brian Cox, who's doing great things on Succession. So, oh, very good, uh, good stuff all around. Um, but, 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 oh yeah, so then he stabs Banner. <laughs> the confrontation yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend, yeah, because yeah, that was that was yeah. just a great scene. Yeah, it was. The confrontation in- intensifies when the four villains, Sabretooth, Omega Red, Lady Deathstrike, and Deadpool, launch a coordinated assault. Wolverine valiantly defends himself, biding time for Banner's inevitable transformation. When the Hulk does emerge, he swiftly dispatches the assailants, leaving destruction in his wake, including the Weapon X facility. Having achieved freedom, Wolverine and the Hulk, now standing on opposite sides, resume their intense clash. The confrontation between these two formidable forces of nature unfolds with unrestrained fury resonating through the remnants of the facility. They basically do Rocky 2? Is it Rocky 2 or Rocky 3? <laughs> Where the two oh, guys the, the go punch and then they like free in the freeze frame. Oh, oh no, that was uh I mean yeah, that was I believe yeah, the end of Rocky 3. The end of Rocky yeah, 3. Yes. Cuz they're sparring and again, mm-hmm. it, Wait, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, cuz he dies in 4. Mm-hmm. Um Spoiler, yes, Apollo, yes. They, they re they redo they redo that ending scene in the beginning of Rocky Four. Yeah, yeah. I do like that they. This was basically like okay. So what were we doing again? Like you know, now that everyone's gone. No, it was it was a side quest. It was a, it, you know, yeah. it, it. It totally reminded me of playing an RPG. You know, being involved in a Final Fantasy and then being like, oh, what's this? Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna kill some side boss over here. Oh, okay, now, now let's get back to the main story. But. Yeah. That that to me is one of the biggest downfalls of this story is we don't get a complete story. Uh, right, right, a, right. You know, the point of the story was for Wolverine to track down Hulk and figure out how to deal with the Hulk. Right. Don't get me wrong. It was cool to see how they show that, of course, you want to show that Hulk is actually a hero and he was being antagonized and he's not really somebody that's stomping his way through towns and getting people killed. It was, in fact, these characters that were involved. But people came to this to see Wolverine and Hulk fight and get some kind of d- winner, you know, or at least some translation of, well, you know, you, you could see how Wolverine won or you could see how Hulk won. We don't get that. We don't get that in this. No, it literally ends. Like you said, a freeze frame. And that to me is one of the weaknesses of this story. Yeah. You know, it, it, if, if it was called Hulk team up, I'd be like, okay, I see how they teamed up. Featuring but Hulk. This is called. Right, this, is called <laughs> this is this is called this is called Hulk versus. Right, and we don't really get a conclusion to that fight. You know what I mean? Especially when this is billed as Hulk versus Wolverine, and then you in the end you're really getting oh no, it's Hulk and Wolverine against you know, uh, what team team weapon X, X. so to speak. Yeah, you know, um, I I I know that the professional answer is depending on the writer. But who do you mm-hmm. see winning these fights, Hulk and Thor, Hulk and Wolverine? Do you oh, root for I, people? I, do, is, are, in your mind, is it made up already? Like one side will clearly 
wax the other or it, is it really come down to the wire it, the third person being the writer no uh i believe the hulk decimates wolverine I, as much as okay. it hurts to say it I, as much as it hurts to say it, don't get me wrong he gives him issues he's he's a problem he's scrappy but you don't it, i love how they portrayed this fight from the beginning with the, the first punch when he first yeah. he just he transforms and he punches him and he just sends him flying to the point right. where he wakes up he's barely remembering. he's like what the hell just happened he's putting his shoulder back in the place you know lethal weapon style and then he's mm-hmm. like wait what, what remind me what the hell just happened and then the hulk just lands boom and he's like oh okay oh, yeah, yeah that's right that's what i was doing right. <laughs> this is what i was doing you know and because that's really what would happen. The Hulk gets, gets in a couple shots. I really liked how they showed that in, if you ever read Ultimate Wolverine versus, versus Hulk, where mm-hmm. in the first issue, you know, they the Hulk Hulk tears him in half, throws one half of him to one part of the mountains and the other half to the oh, other wow. parts of the mountains. That's pretty much what would happen. In the Hulk versus Thor fight, I got to give it to my man Thor. And not just because I love my man Thor, but it's mm-hmm. there. Pretty much on par strength-wise, I guess you could kind of give the edge to Hulk, but Thor knows how to fight, and he's got yeah. that weapon. And kind of like what I say with most people when they when when they want to say, "Oh, what about Superman versus the Hulk?" I give it to Superman, not because of even just the strength-wise. Why does Superman ever need to go to blows with anybody? Yeah, you have you're right. laser vision. You have laser vision and super speed. Mm-hmm. To, to the fact that you, I feel like he's just punching people because he wants to get that Goku feel. Of like, okay, I want, I want to just scrap. I want to scrap. I want to see. How trying to get a workout in. You. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. He has but that. Ch- he has that, like, that that job where he sits in a chair all day, making uh, writing stories. So he's trying to exactly. he's trying to get that cardio. Exactly. You know, he's got to get that cardio. Got to get that heart rate up. Got to get that CrossFit going. I get yeah. it. But but when you when you can move damn near the se- the same speed as as Flash. And just mm-hmm. burn people with your eyes. Why are you punching people? Yeah, yeah. You should really think about your priorities in that moment. There, you know. You said the Wolverine know? thing, and now I think. Now I. I mean, I don't think. I just remember from the film that we're covering him ripping Lady Deathstrike in half. <laughs> yes, and he, right. And that was that was another one of those scenes that when it happens, I'm, I'm. It, they couldn't release that nowadays. You can't do no. that now. No. You'd have the fem. No. You'd have the feminists just like, oh hell no, you can't do that to a woman. He just but ripped her arms off, and they show they show it. It's kind of in chronographic uh, fashion. There. And I even I love how it starts. You know, he catches her. You know, mm-hmm. and she's she's tag she's tagging the hell out of him, and but yeah. he finally catches her. She screams in his face, right, to be ferocious. And he just, raw. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you. And then he just proceeds to rip her arms off and just drop her to the ground. Like that's it. I'm done with you. This fight is over. That's yeah. the Hulk. I do like how feral he was when Wolverine found him. Like he's not—he's yelling in his obviously caveman uh, sort of way, but he's saying, "Leave me alone! I don't want to fight you. Leave me alone!" And he's also saying his signature catchphrase: "Hulk's the strongest there is," and that feels like a, something he's saying because it's something—it's his truth. Like he knows everybody's out to get him because he is the strongest there is. Um, does the Odin? Does the Odin Force helped Thor in that situation. Do you think that's what kicks it over? Oh, definitely. It's kind of like that's what I was trying to get that with with the idea of Superman, where it's he has his weapons. He can sit there and pound him with lightning from afar. What what's the Hulk gonna do? 
You know yeah. what I mean? He's got the Odin Force. He can summon storms. He can summon lightning. You know, uh, he's got so many powers over the years that people would just forget about. He's got armors. You know, yeah. he could he could he could he could call his boys. Yo, Warriors Three, uh, Sif. Uh, hey, destroy your armor. Activate. Come on. Yeah. You know, he just I, he eventually. I just I almost try to pronounce the the axe, and I just stopped. <laughs> Youngborn. Young, oh, young, yeah, young, young, yeah, youngborn, yeah, yeah. Oof, young that's a tough one. Storm, st let's let's stick to Stormbreaker. Let's stick to Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker, I dig Stormbreaker, I dig Stormbreaker. Um, but yeah, I I thought this was really entertaining stuff. Um, very short, as we said, but we were just trying to make sure that we covered something this week that was going to mean something later on this year. I, I'm very interested in seeing when we get a, a clean slate for characters like Wolverine in the MCU, whether or not they're going to try to inter integrate some of this stuff. And you already hear the rumors that Chris Hemsworth wants a more serious Thor. Well, we have stuff you can look into, bro, If in case you're, you want to pick some stuff out. So it's uh, out there. Yeah, it's out there. I super dug this look back into the quaint uh, 2009 Marvel. <laughs> you know, at that point, only Incredible Hulk and Iron Man had came out. Mm -hmm. You know, we haven't gotten our huge crossover moment yet. We hadn't gotten a lot of the stories. Thor was barely a character. Um, and now, again, synonymous, household names, um, but can still use a good injection of actual lore. Can still use a good injection of the actual factual stories that they tell, uh, and bring Kate Blanchett back because Hella should never die. <laughs> I think that's that should be something. Nope. That should be something said right there. We and are, it seems and it seems it seems like she likes being the character. So yeah, yeah, she was having a blast. And what if she was chewing all mm -hmm. the scenery? Um, yep. But we don't know what the future holds for any of these characters. But we do know what the future holds for the Major Issues podcast. We'll be back next week and on Thursday. This was an early episode for various reasons. But we wanted to get an episode in um, before the month was over, especially with the Magic Mind sponsorship that uh, expires in January. We wanted to make sure that we got this episode in for you guys uh, so you can not only enjoy our content, but hopefully enjoy that product. Which means that the next episode of the podcast that you will listen to will be in February. Dun dun dun! You know what February is? It's Madam February. <laughs> it's that, Madam February. That, that might cause some love and hate to occur. Yes, we shall people see. might love to hate that film, um, mm -hmm. but we'll we'll be here covering it and every single thing to come to comic books and comic book media as part of the Major Issues Podcast. The Major Issues Podcast drops every single Thursday, knock on vibranium. Sometimes we might put up a little bit of an early episode, but we provide this podcast free of charge, and it's available wherever podcasts are found. Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the podcast, uh, app, podcast Addict app, sorry. Tune find YouTube, Spotify, and more. We're all, we're, I believe we're on every single podcast directory. If you can't find us that way, just Google Major Issues Podcast, and we'll be the first ones to pop up. And I'm pretty damn proud of that. We've worked really hard for um, our footprint out there in the internet, and we exist. Uh, so go ahead and search us out. I don't know how you found this episode. Hi. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode. But, uh, yeah, put us in. Uh, some people don't like change. I know you, uh, B-Roke, like to listen to our episodes on YouTube. 
which is one of the many ways people can check out our episodes. Uh, if you found this episode, whether it's on YouTube or just found the actual MP3 file, and you do listen to podcasts, odds are whatever podcast app you use to listen to your Joe Rogan experience, we are on there as well. So go ahead and look us up again, Major Issues Podcast. Uh, everything that we do as part of Comic Book Click lives and breathes at comicbookclick.com. It's a one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast, over 600 hours of content free of charge. We do that free of charge. All we ask is that you do things for us like rate and review us on iTunes so we can grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't. Maybe you'll go over to our shop, uh, go to comicbookclick.com and hit that shop CBC link so you can buy some merchandise um, exclusive to Comic Book Click and we get a kickback of every purchase made. Or maybe you go to comicbookclick.com uh, and hit that support comic book click button which will take you to our patreon.com slash cbc clubhouse where for as little as 10 cents a day three dollars a month you can help us keep our lights on here and afford the hardware and the software that we need to keep providing you guys with content free of charge right now we are juggling a weekly podcast and a monthly video series but once we get those ducks in a row who knows what kind of projects we're going to have in the future and we could use all the help we can get so whether you're telling a friend to tell a friend about this spreading word of mouth whether you are rating us, sharing us, or just commenting, hitting hitting us up across social media, facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or you can use that hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic book and comic book media. Uh, yeah, check us out wherever we are. We're trying to grow our fan base. Our social media numbers have never been better, but we want to hear from you guys. I put up that Turk Barrett post as a joke. And it is blowing up. And I'm quite happy about it. Because I love Turk Barrett, baby. That's Turk Barrett, baby. You could collect right, your baby. money from him downstairs, Mr. Barrett. Remember? <laughs> yep. his ass off the roof. Oh, that's so good. We gotta bro, we gotta he's, go back and check. He's he's the Stan he's the he's the Stan Lee of the uh the, the Netflix <laughs> series. Yeah, yeah. He's always getting robbed. He's always just showing uh, up, he's yeah. Yeah, man. So so Get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full. I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media, but I can't tell you how we do it because it will mess up the timeline. And next thing you know, Dwayne Johnson's playing Turk Barrett. And I don't think that would work for anyone because he would try to make himself like the winner of the whatever movie. It's like, who wins this? Sir, this is a movie. I know, but who wins? And no, Dwayne, sit down. <laughs> Take several Man. steps. I'm taking uh, over. Because... I'm taking over the, the five cities from Iron Fist. Yeah. No, no, we're not. The... <laughs> no. Tur- tur- ask Turk Barrett. <laughs> Ask Dirk Barrett. Um, but yeah, man, get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full. Reach out to us all over social media. Help support us monetarily or just by telling a friend to tell a friend. I really do believe we got some big places to go, and there's not going to be a lot of room on that bandwagon when we get there. So get on the road with us now. Enjoy, uh, enjoy us while we're still this accessible <laughs> before we get the big heads. And uh, we will see you guys next week. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And I'm Alex Garcia, a.k.a. B-Roke. But for Asgard and the comic book click. <laughs> and this is our Hulk versus recap and review in for the 15-year anniversary. And remember, whether you're a rampaging ball of rage, a short king with a metal skeleton, a 5,000-year-old Nordic god, or just hoping that the best of Marvel is still yet to come, never forget that we are the click and always remember... 
that you, yes, you are worthy.